Feminist Social Work Cohort, also known as Adelphi Students for Change. My name is Melissa. My name is Saina Sanchez. I'm Mona Whitaker. I'm Lauren Bear. Victoria Lucia. Kevin Lewis. And I'm Professor Peggy Noel. So guys, we, we recently facilitated our first university event, um, which is a continuation of our podcast conversations. Our last um, event was Understanding the Transgender Community. You can listen to that entitled Becoming an Ally with the Transgender Community. Just had to put that plug in there. But we are now kicking off the month of March commemorating Women's History Month with a lighthearted conversation of Did You Know? So we are actually outnumbered today. Um, we are a group of all women with the exception of Kevin. <laughs> so um, I wanted to start off the conversation. <laughs> We're talking about women, right? So the conversation, let's start it off with Miss Mary Beatrice Davidson Kenner. That's her name. Very long. Um, she patented the first moisture-proof napkin pocket. Kevin, do you know what that is? <laughs> moisture-proof <laughs> napkin pocket. Have you ever used one of those before, Kevin? No. Never? No. What's that? <laughs> She's basically <laughs> like a sanitary napkin. No? You wouldn't know anything about that, right? <laughs> Really? <laughs> but anyway, well, she, she patented the first one, um, th which is a sanitary belt in 1957, um, where women were still using cloth pads for their menstruation. So she also created a serving tray that could be attached to a walking frame, a tissue holder, and a backwasher that could be mounted on the back wall of a shower. So she has a bunch of different inventions, and we should all give... Miss Mary Beatrice Davidson Kenner, a round of applause because where would she be without yes. a sanitary napkin right now? Yes, <laughs> we'd be in a boatload of trouble. <laughs> oh, that's dope! I never knew that was um, that was a black woman that invented that. Yes, but of course, a woman would. Did you guys know that she tried to come out with her idea? However, they backed her down because of her the the color of her skin. Wow. So it took years later for her uh, to come out with the sanitary pads because first they started with like a belt. Uh, I forget yeah. what it was called. However, um, people would just stay inside. No one wanted to go outside in the community because they felt embarrassed or felt uncomfortable. Yeah. So years later, that's when she came out with the sanitary pad, which we all use now as women. Yeah. Thank you, Saina, for giving us some history. Thank you. Can you imagine being an enslaved woman and not and not be able to hide out for five to seven days? <laughs> mm -mm. Right? That's crazy. No. So that's great. Thanks to that woman, Miss Kenner, because I do not remember the rest of her name. <laughs> yes. <That's very> <laughs> Mary. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Well, I think that's really good that we decided to choose this topic because women continue to make a change, continue to make changes in society. I mean, political wise, and um, definitely fighting for the economy in regards to you know 
just making sure that women get recognition in the workplace, uh, whether it be um, making sure your voice is heard. For many years, women continue to make an attribution to society. Um, That's a good point. So what else do we know? Or we didn't know? Just to put a little plug in it with the um, <laughs> Christian wise, because we have come a long way because before we were talking about the sanitary napkins and we were talking about different things. And I'm just thinking back, like um, we just had a, I had a Bible study the other day and um, women couldn't even come out of their house if they had their, um, any personal things going on with them. They couldn't even, they had to be, they were shunned just for having something that is so natural to us. Right. So we've actually come a long way. Like we, We've got, even in the, I know for, as far as Christian-wise, like women pastors, that's, that's something that was like never even thought of. Women wearing pants. I mean, yep. we've come a long way. <laughs> Definitely. I, absolutely. I think it's dependent on the culture as well, because in certain cultures, women still struggle. Mm-hmm. You know, sure. about, um, different religion. Even that back to the same Mona, with, even the Jewish population, even when the women are seeing, they, kind of, they had to be separated from their husband itself separate beds during that period. You know, mm-hmm. I'm doing a study in the Old Testament and I was like, oh my God, thank God I didn't born in that period because I'd have break all the rules. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Honestly, yeah. Um, it's crazy. <laughs> yeah. yeah love, you know, so I think certain cultures, certain religion, women still are held back, you know, as yeah, although they off, make so many strides. Yeah, going off what you said, uh, Kevin, um, I don't know how to pronounce her uh, last name, but even something as um, recent as like 2012, her name's Malala. She was from Pakistan and she was a huge activist for f- females in education. And because of her um, speaking out and her activism, she was actually shot uh, by the Taliban and survived. And she's known for being, um, you know, an activist for female female, especially over in um, the Middle East. And she was actually um, became the youngest person to receive the Nobel Peace Prize as well. Yes, Malala. (laughs) Yeah, she's awesome. Malala took a lot of hits. She was almost killed, which is what kind of like brought her to more light because she was going to school and she was, um, they tried to kill her. I think she was shot on a school bus too, on her way to school. Yep. So there you go. Just to go to school, can you imagine? We have we 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 are begging people to go to school now, right here mm-hmm. in this country, and we take so much advantage of free education. And although college should be free as well, but that's an aside. Um, and to think that just because she wanted to learn and do more with herself, she would um, be a target for that. So um, let's just switch gears real quick. I wanted to I wanted to talk about Miss Marie Van Britton Brown. Why do these women have such long names? However, Miss Brown patented the first home secure the first ever home security system. Can you imagine? Yes, so we are very intelligent. Yes, can we get a no? We take take us all off mute and let's give her a round of applause. <laughs> <laughs> it's women, Kevin. You gotta applaud us. Yes, was it for a woman? <laughs> yep, you would have got your house would have got broken into. 
<laughs> there would be no, no ring. No, I'm not even saying that. I'm not even <laughs> but um, let me just give you a little background on her. So it says, after wanting to increase her own house security in Queens, New York, not Brooklyn, but uh, Queens. Um, okay, we can't have all the great. So her original design uh, contains a camera, two-way microphone, peepholes, monitors, and they all serve, this is all serving as the foundation for today's mon modern systems. So yeah, I feel really proud that this is a woman that uh, patented the first ever home security system. Um, I mean, of course it's taken off now. We have, you know, video and everything else, uh, Jetson, the Jetson age, but yeah. Um, Dorothy Height actually stood out to me, um, given the fact that we are, you know, BSWs and MSWs. Um, she's hailed the godmother of woman of the women's movement. Mm -hmm. um, Height was used, I'm sorry, Height used her background in education and social work to advance um, women's rights. And she was a leader in the Young Women's Christian Association and the president of the National Council of Negro Women for more than 40 years. Wow. Yes, Ms. Height. <laughs> I'm gonna also, um, because I have so many friends that are Deltas, I'm gonna also let you know that she's a Delta. She's a member of Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated. My friends would want you guys to know that. <laughs> uh, uh, shout outs to them. <laughs> I think that Adelpha has a, a chapter here as well. Um, Okay, that's great. Well, I see that, that um, what was her name? You said uh, Dorothy Height. She was also one of the women that were at the Martin Luther King, um, I Have a Dream speech. So that brings me to Praesia. Let me go back to her name so I make sure I get it right. Praesia Laura Ann Hall, when this stood out to me because, you know, a lot of people talk about Praesia Laura Ann Hall, when? Okay. She was She's an American leader and activist in the civil rights um, movement. And she's a womanist theologian and ethicist. But um, I, think I found it interesting that she was the key inspiration for Martin Luther King's I Have a Dream speech. Um, actually, he, she spoke about her dream at one of the meetings that he had attended that was in response to the 41 black church bombings and burnings. And she was you know, considered a great orator ignited a lot of frustration and rage in the white terrorists when she spoke about injustice in her areas. And he actually used her dream that she had spoke about at that, uh, um, at her, at one of her meetings, he took that, I have a dream, and that's where he really got that from. Mm. So it was just interesting to me that it really came from a woman that wow. wasn't, you know, that was also running, working in the movement. I know you guys, I, too young. I, I know you guys are too young to know this, but Tupac said, we got our names from a woman who came from a woman. Uh -huh. What else? Who but <laughs> a woman would do that, right? Okay, You're welcome, so, You're welcome so Dr. I'm, King. You're welcome. So, so, so since I'm outnumbered and you <laughs> ladies except Professor, my rest of peers are social workers, what are you guys gonna do with the disparity between salaries? Why as women still make less than men in today's society? What are you gonna do as women as, as social workers moving forward? Should we, start, you, let me, should we start with Ben? 
because men are the ones that are are promoting that right mm-hmm. what would you as a man do to help um the uh, question was you turning about the question to me. Okay. No, but so what, it is, me, what it is, so what it is, okay. I can answer, I can answer. I'm, I'm a big advocate because I, I advocate for equal salary. I don't see gender when it comes to salary. Once the person is qualified, I should I agree that the person, male or female, should get the same. But when you watch it, there's a huge a gap between women and men, CEOs, whatever the case may be still in today's society. Although women make progress, we still had a gap. So for me, I'm a big advocate for equality in that aspect. So how do you advocate as a social worker? How would you advocate? Do you, are you doing it on the, on the macro front, on the mezzo front? I think it's more, really? I, I think more macro, it can be more <laughs> macro itself. But you have to bring more awareness in, 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 in corporate America today as well. Yeah. Well, I'm mm-hmm. sorry, Dana. No, I was saying what Kamala Harris um, <clears throat> being in office, we will hope that we see some changes going forward with her being able to speak up for women um, and letting society know that there shouldn't be any type of bias against gender roles when in, someone is delivering a service and they have the qualifications. So there should be equal pay. There should be equal rights. So we're having a woman in office Maybe we will see some changes coming soon. Well, we do have a woman in the highest office, but remember, Madam VP, Madam Vice President, is that's it's such a broad issue that it may have to go back to the state and local levels, which is why it's important for us to vote, which is why it's important for social workers to be in those rooms and actually lobby because social workers don't don't have to stay in a micro level space. We can go into mezzo and especially macro level. There's a call for social workers to be more on the political scene because it's so important. Our voices are so important and we are natural advocates. So why not go why not be in the spaces where we can actually affect change? Um, does everybody remember like in, in high school, I'm sure everybody has had to read, um, the memoir. I know, well, it's a, it's a poem, right? I know why the cage bird sings. Yes. Miss my, Miss Dr. Maya Angelou. Lauren, did you have to read that in high school? No, I I don't think I actually had no. When I was in high school, everybody, I went to high school, I'm not going to say when. But when I did, <laughs> everybody, that, that was something that was like across the board. Um, everybody had to read, I Know Why the Caged Bird Sings. And that's when, that was when I first met Ms. Maya Angelou. Doctor. Doctor, yes. Come on, give, we got to give her her props. We got we to gotta put them credentials on there. Dr. Maya Angelou. Yes. Yes, so for those who don't know who she was, doctor, thank you for put, getting me all together. <laughs> Dr. Maya Angelou was a civil rights activist, poet, award-winning, and author known for, she was known for, for I Know Why the Cage Bird Sings, but um, she has a memoir that has so many different, um, and she was also a philanthropist. 
Um, she has so many um, um, poems, um, short stories. Um, she was just an excellent writer and, and I'm surprised that they're not really, um, because when I was going to school, I'm, I'm surprised they're not really pushing her works now in school. But when I was in school, they did. Um, almost, in every, almost in every year in high school, we had to read at least one of her works. I didn't either. Oh, I really? wonder if that's an inner city thing, because I went to school in N NYC. I think it's, I think it's a, it's a kind of like an inner city or just cultural, because I know I went to two different, I went to three different high schools, and my other two high schools were predominantly white. That was not a book that was even, no, we never heard of that. But then when I went to my other high school, my first high school was a very culturally mixed high school and we had to read that. And then when I got to the other schools, they didn't even talk about it. It wasn't even, so I don't know if that makes a difference or not, but I noticed that in my experience. That's good that you had that experience that you was able to see. Cause I thought, I just assumed that she's a, she's a writer that you would, that she would be renowned in, English and you know language arts learning you know um that's a that's a whole nother uh podcast about a <laughs> <laughs> whole nother podcast the culture and the differences in the school districts and things like that that's another thing yep remember what color she was Melissa <laughs> yes she was African-American she actually has a really interesting story when she was younger when she was like eight years old um she stopped speaking because she had um, either witnessed or was she or did she was she part of it? She there was it was something where um, she had to testify against someone and they um, what is it that is it that they went away to jail or that they passed away? Or they, did were they, die? they were killed. They were she killed. Told on the, she told she um, she testified against the man who um, molested her. Alessa, okay. And so, and then he was killed, and then, and then she stopped speaking because she, yeah, her she voice is why he was killed. Yeah, is that she thought her voice killed him? Right. So the only person she would speak to um, secretly was to her brother for years. I think it was like five years or something. It was like for to and be so spoke a, 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 a secret language. I think it was Pig Latin at the time. I, I don't remember but it was, but I do know that, yeah, she was, she did not speak because she thought her voice is what got him killed. She didn't want to hurt. Oh gosh. If you read, I know why the um, cage bird sings, it, it documents that. My Angelou is an amazing, was an, was, excuse me, was an amazing um, writer, as you said, and um, supremely gifted. In 2010, she won the, um, Presidential Medal of Freedom because of our advocacy and philanthropy um, under Barack Obama's administration. Of but course, of course. right? <laughs> but of course, he's going to give a platform. <laughs> of course, and she's had many platforms before that. She was she was really that profound. Mm -hmm. So to think of 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 coming from a space of not speaking and to be bestowed such so many so many awards so many um accolades and of course the president presidential um presidential award i think is amazing you know who also loved her was um oprah winfrey she like considered her like a mom yep that was her best friend or something right 
Yeah, she she looked at her like a mother. I know she was um, broken when she when she um, passed away. I know I mentioned that I didn't um, read any of her work, but when I was in high school, um, we did read The Color Purple. I'm not sure if you guys are familiar with that. Mm -hmm. I, um, oh, yeah, I never read the I never read the book so. Yeah, and um, in the book it addresses like numerous issues of um, women in like low position in American social culture. So wow. I did get to read that. And that was in high school, you said? Yes, high school. Oh, wow. Yeah, that was a good book. Speaking of another profound writer, Miss Alice Walker. Um, mm -hmm. Yes, she still teaches, I believe. Um, and she's also amazing. If you haven't um, read the book, you should. It's a bunch of letters. People talk about like the book is so different from the movie. The movie um, was <clears throat> is one of the most notorious, like is one of the greatest of Steven Spiel 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 Spielberg's works. And so, um, yeah, Alice Walker is amazing. She actually um, won a Pul Pulitzer Prize, and I think she still teaches. I'm trying to look it up really quick, but um, she she teaches somewhere. Really? Wow. Middle America on the university level. Wow. I never knew that. I didn't know she was teaching like that. So that's amazing. Yeah. Still getting, giving that wisdom. That's great. Uh -huh. yep. um, I have to say, I'm still feeling challenged by Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, I'm still feeling challenged, Kevin. So, because I was, I'm looking on a micro meso level. I'm thinking about like just changing workplace culture. You know, like there's still a lot of work that needs to be done there. You know, yeah. like how we were saying, like social workers. I'm sorry. That's true. Yeah, there's a lot of work still needs to be done. I know. I, even in my where I work, I see a lot of the culture is still happening. Where um, where I work, I work in a house with individuals, and I'll see where there's women and men working the same home and with our consumers or individuals, we still, I'll still see where the men will come in and say, we're doing this part of the work and the women are doing the cooking and the cleaning. So it's like, you got to change that workplace culture. So, and when it comes time to like move up, they're looking at those women like, well, you guys just do that stuff. We do the paper, we do this. So we, we do, we have to make some changes in the workplace culture, just how we view what women can and cannot do and men where a place they consider placement. But thank you for challenging us, though, Kevin, being the only male. It's those assumptions. That's a <laughs> You're good at Welcome. it. Welcome. <laughs> like, well, I'm good at it because I do it. Why don't you do it? And you'll be good at it, too. Yeah. You know, just those assumptions. I'm yeah. just because, you know, I don't know. I think I may have mentioned this in another podcast, how, you know, when I do, I do a lot of renovations and stuff um, on houses. And... Um, I'm, you know, when people see, or even the men, the contracts and stuff, I mean, now I'm familiar, I have a team and stuff, but, you know, initially people would be, you know, like questioning me and my abilities and, and my level of expertise just, just because I'm a woman. And it's like, you don't know. No, I know because I do it. If I didn't do it, then I wouldn't know. So why don't you get in the kitchen and, 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 you know, fry something up saute something up and then you'll know how to do it as well and you won't have to tell me that I know how to do it to get in the kitchen and do it. 
Exactly. <laughs> yes. <laughs> drop it in. Drop it. Drop it on them. They need to know. Yeah, I mean, who? I mean, this is you're not living life unless you're challenging yourself. Absolutely. It goes back to um, 2016. Um, do you think America was ready for a female president? Female vice? Oh, 2016? Yeah. No, they were not. No, obviously no. not. That, that, that's clear. <laughs> and I, I, I don't think they were. And I have to be honest, I wasn't. I wasn't ready. I, I, I have my own views and different things about that. But and I don't know. It could be. And now looking back, maybe I do have. I do have some. And I think because of my religious background and cultural and things that I do have some reservations about women and. I do a placement. I do believe in there's a placement, there's an order. So that could have a lot of bearing on why I wasn't ready for a woman president at the time. I mean, there's a lot of factors. Makes sense. Well, if we, if, as we're talking today, if anything, we can see that we named a few women that have led so many movements and have done so many things and led the charge. I always talk about Harriet Tubman, for example, the only on record enslaved person who went back several times to the South after she had her own freedom, freedom and she risked her own life and freedom to um, help, <clears throat> to help um, free thousands of slaves, um, hundreds of slaves, I'm sorry, enslaved persons. And I have not heard of a man doing that. So it just goes to show you that just because we've been taught to underestimate certain people, including women, it doesn't mean that they're not leaders in there. Moses didn't do that? Moses? <laughs> Moses ain't do nothing. Moses, <laughs> if God didn't come to Moses, Moses wouldn't have did nothing. Okay? So Go check that. Run tell that. All right. Harriet uh, uh, was, was like, my spirit. He had to be empowered. Exactly. My spirit doesn't. I can't. I can't enjoy this freedom, knowing that I have my own people enslaved. She couldn't enjoy it. Everybody else was like, deuces. I got to take care of myself. Yeah. Harriet was like, nah. It's not good. So. I'm just telling you, women lead the charge. Yeah. I've mean, always led the charge. It's, it's, it's a selfless act. And I mean, whether we're male or female, we're all in we're all in the school of social work. That's what we are in this, you know, we all went through our trials and now we went back in it to go grab somebody else out, right? Yeah, absolutely. Fire, so. Great. Well, with that. It's time to end. Yep, we're out of time. Yes, so we are out of time, but look for the email registration for the next event where Students for Change will be panelists. Uh, the name of the event is Women's Power and Leadership in the Face of the of Social Justice Conference. And of course, stay tuned for next week as we engage in another interesting topic. Bye. Bye. Bye.